Listen to this. Zakawani, the flying winger. It's Brad Evans. It's Steve. It's Steve. Who is it? It's Brad Evans. <laughs> Happy days are here again. Turning with a drive. It's Steve Zakawani. Evans with the left foot. He's an attacking threat, Brad Evans. This is so weird. The party has started. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Side by Side Podcast, the official Sounders FC podcast. And this is being recorded the morning after the Sounders um, fall into a disappointing loss to LAFC, but with another game on the horizon um, in just over 48 hours, the Sounders will be back at Lumen Field to face um, Orlando City. But we can't look forward yet. We've got to look back a little bit. Um, I was not in LA, so I followed the game from Seattle as much as possible, like everybody else. But Brad and Keely, you guys were both there in LA. So give us the rundown. You know, I looked at some of Schmetz's quotes and he goes, and we played well for, for 55 minutes. Um, and then it kind of fell apart. And obviously conceding so early wasn't good. Um, when I first saw the lineup, I thought it was great. You know, you stuck with Rusnak at the 10, Nico moved back to the right. Um, it looked like an attacking team. No move gone on the road sometimes and maybe a five at the back and things like that. Schmetz, you know, he played his, his strong team, you know, with the guys missing, of course. But um, what went wrong? I mean, it's a disappointing loss, of course. And they're a good team. Let's not take that away. But, you know, what did you guys see from the game? Deserved result, not deserved? And how was it being down there? Yeah, I think there's a lot of factors. Um, I think the first one being, you know, we sat down with Schmetz and had our production meeting and he said, we're going to play the same way. Uh, as if we were playing a home game in this one. And I, th I think that's the right choice when playing against LAFC. You have to press them up high. Otherwise, they're just going to pick you apart and off they go to the races and you're just defending. And that's the last thing you want to do is go away from home and just defend for 90 minutes. So I think the tactics were actually good in, in, in the first half, especially. Now, watching that goal again, just Sounders were sleeping. Um, you know, JP and Obed a little bit out of sorts and JP rarely does, does he get beat by a one, two, but it's a minute into the game. And then, you know, Jackson's delay, delay, delay. Do I step? He, he definitely should have stepped about, you know, three or four touches earlier to make Bogush make another play or a one, two. Instead, he gets drop, 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 step, and then it's a deflection. And all of a sudden the Sounders are behind one, nothing. And sometimes that's the curse of scoring early is, uh, you kind of let your foot off the gas pedal. And that's what LAFC did. And, and, and the Sounders kicked it up a notch. And I thought tactically, uh, shape, um, passing, movement, chances created, it, it was good. I thought it was really good uh, in the first half. And how many times on, on the broadcast did Danny and I comment on, on Leo Chu? He had a fantastic first half. And everything came down the left side for the Sounders. And just unlucky. I mean, Raul gets one with the inside of his foot. He probably wants back, but he's also a couple yards in front of the near post. That's a hard one to redirect. And then the header is, you know, it, it's a chance, but it, it's, it's hit right at McCarthy. So in terms of high quality chances created, maybe you could say those two. But other than that, uh, a little bit anemic uh, when it came to the attack. And everything ran through Leo Chu on the night. And then the second half, um, I thought the, I thought the beginning of the of the second half was was pretty good. And then LAFC looked tired; uh, they yeah. looked tired and, and mentally tired too. And they just did a good job of gumming things up, and and they made the Sounders chase. And then LA said, "Okay, these guys are going to chase." Now the game opens up, and and the Sounders tactically and and positionally just looked out of sorts. 
And that last 40 minutes just lost any sort of creative ideas. And, um, you know, you bring on two subs and, and Nico doesn't shake the hand of the coach or any of the coaches as he comes off. He's upset. And sometimes that stuff can bleed, but that's frustration, right? Two wins in 11 games. Um, it's it's not not good enough right now. What, what did you make of Nico? Game, yeah. That, that's a game where you have, you know, 10 days rest against yeah. a team that's, you know, played every Saturday, Wednesday for the past month and a half. Yeah. Um, that's um, that, that. That was the opportunity to take 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 three points, or at least yeah. a point in LAFC, if ever a game. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, you mentioned Nico there. What did you think of Nico on the right, and then out with that also Albert at the ten? Yeah, I, I actually in the first half I liked Nico's spacing and where he was picking up picking up the ball in pockets. It's just the lat, you know, Cody Cody Baker's trying to do everything he can to not make a mistake. And so he's not going to push forward like Alex is and overlap. And I think if Alex is there, that is the spot that Nico will play moving forward. Yeah. Um, if, you know, Christian's out of the picture. Now, the question is, if Christian's there, I, I think Albert stays as a number 10. And Nico comes on sparingly and plays some games and comes on as a sub with, you know, 25 minutes left in a game. Um, but you, you just saw the emergency break was on, um, on Cody. Yeah. And, and he didn't want to make the runs in behind. He didn't want to take the chance. And I thought that the timing of the runs, even when he did, weren't what they should have been, in, in my opinion. Um, so it, it's, it was hard to tell in that game because I think if Nico has Alex, I think you see much more combination on the right-hand side uh, because Cifuentes didn't have to do much on the night, uh, yeah. maybe one or two things, but he was just really sitting and jogging in position. Uh, without a threat from Cody Baker moving forward. And then you make a, a sub in Kellen Rowe and Reed. And, you know, Reed's a much more attacking outside back. And maybe that sub should have been made a little bit earlier to allow him to yeah. really stretch his legs because he did get in behind one or two times. Um, he did that in, in um, Galaxy game as well, I think, too. So uh, just opportunities were there, though, away from home. Um, just a few mistakes. I mean, at this point, I'm thinking, you know, and, you know, I, well, we're over halfway of the season. I mean, it doesn't seem like it, but we, Sounders played 19 games. I mean, there's 15 games to go. Now, we talk about a turnaround and, you know, we've had those mid-season things before where maybe a signing comes in or something happens. You know, speaking of Nico, he's the most famous example we have of someone coming in midway through the season at this club and change, turning it around. Um, it, 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 it's really hard to figure out, you know, because it, it's not a bad team, of course, a very good team, good players. Injuries have been a part of it. You know, very rarely has Schmetz had everybody available to choose from. You know, yesterday, Jordan is missing, Christian's missing, um, Nico's missed time, JP's missed time, Raul, of course. But where are the fixes? Like, you know, it, 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 it's, it's, it's hard to know if the Sounders are, this is what the Sounders are, or if the Sounders are playing below what we know we should be. It's kind of, that's where I'm struggling with, where is it just that we've always had these high expectations and this team isn't meeting them right now? Probably going back to last season a bit, we missed the playoffs. So is this what the Sounders are? Or are we underperforming? It's hard for me to really know where that line is. And I think regardless of what happens, you mentioned, I mean, Nico coming off the bench, I mean, big decisions have to be made by Schmetz and the club, whether that's starting lineup or personnel, like bringing guys in and getting guys out. Like, I think something has to shake up. It feels very stagnant to me, but I cannot tell if this is what we are or if we're just underperforming. 
it's sort of this weird thing where it feels like we have too many guys and also not enough at the same Mm -hmm. time, you know, because thinking back and going through like our lineup versus LAFC, that's a really strong lineup. And that's without Christian, without Jordan, like what happens when those guys come back? Like, and without Alex yeah. and without Alex. Yeah. That was just huge, which by the way, amazing goal for him against for El Salvador. Everyone check that out. It was incredible. Um, it just like sort of feels like it's like too many guys, but also not enough. Like, I, I don't even know what a signing would look like. I don't know what really needs to be filled because, yeah, it, 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 it just has kind of a weird vibe. I don't know. Yeah, well, you know, you look around the scores from last night. You look at, yeah. um, you know, Luna getting a goal for Salt Lake, 20-year-old. Ben Bender getting two goals uh, and, and, and a number of young, young goal scorers. And... Um, our team is built very different with our with our homegrowns, right? Yeah, we've had three of the top 10 youngest players to ever appear in a match. They are all defensive midfielders, Yeah, I think, right? Well, yeah. Reed, Reed, Reed's, Reed's a more defensive player. So, yeah. you know, the way that the Sounders have developed players is a bit more developmental. And so I think yeah. that other teams are getting sprinkles in attack where the Sounders are are not. Um, yeah. we, we, we don't have those young guys on the bench that are, you know, homegrown kids that are making an impact every week that are attacking players. They're all, um, you know, d- defensive minded players. And that's the way that things kind of shake out. You don't know which players you're going to develop. And, and this is kind of who and, and, and what the Sounders have had to sign from our academy. Uh, but someone's got to move to be able to sign a player. I just don't see the Sounders making a, a big signing at this point. I think that's a decision that will probably be made at the end of the year. When Christian is available, when Jordan's available, it's a really, really good team, yeah. right? That, But the issue is, is these guys are good players and they're always going to get called into the national team. Now, what do we do? Because they're going to be gone for the next month. So we are going to see a lot of Leo Chu. We're going to see all of Nico uh, and we're going to see, you know, Tevez and, and, and Kellen Rowe maybe has a, as a right midfielder, um, a left midfielder, who knows? So the Sounders, you know, we got to be careful because if we pick up an injury or two, we're really diving in deep on that bench. And, and it's yeah. going to be a tough stretch without those guys being here and, and with national team duty. But to your point, Steve, I think it's an older aging team. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the lineup last night, it is not a young uh, 27 to 30-year-old team. It's just not what this team is is built on. So that's the risk you take. You have really, really good veteran players um, yeah. sprinkled in with a couple young guys. But for the most part, you know, it's it's an aging team. And so when everyone's healthy, it's really good experience, quality. Uh, but when when we're not, it's we're, we're kind of stretching right now. So... I don't know what the ceiling is for this team, but two two wins in eleven games is isn't gonna. We're not gonna make the playoffs if that continues. Yeah. Um, so well, you have to start picking up wins. I mean, to that because I'm looking at the table just now on my phone, and you know the start to the season is saving us right now because it was a really strong start. But teams have games in hand, teams are catching up, it's shaking up a little bit. If the unthinkable was to happen, I mean, we don't even want to go there, but it sounds like to miss the playoffs two years in a row. That's, I mean, I remember maybe, I think it was 2013, when there were massive wholesale changes and then the team went on to win the Supporter Shield. Um, you know, a bunch of us got out. I left, Eddie left, Johnson, um, Mauro left, like Mauro Martinez, like key guys that guys that had been key players. I mean, you know, Ziggy and 
agent at the time just said, look, we need to clean house. And they clean house, built a brand new squad. Chad Marshall came in, Steph from Fry came in, and the team went on to, you know, have one of the best seasons in club history, the best one at that point. Um, you're thinking it's leading to that the team misses the playoff. And I'm, is, I don't think it sounds like Mr. Playoffs. I don't think that. But my point being, do big changes have to happen regardless? Is this a case of whether we sneak in, whether we make it, have a decent playoff run? This team has reached its core, which takes me, I, we spoke to Schmetz at the start of the season. He said there's still life in this team. He's like, no, Jordan's hitting his prime. Christian's still there. We have Nuhu. We got Albert coming. All these guys. He goes, you know, we can. Raul can still get you double if he's fit. He still felt like, no, I've got two or three years with this group. There's no end of a cycle. But what I'm seeing on the pitch is just, it's tough. It's tough to view in every way. I, I can't see a way where this core will come back again next year and be asked to do it again because it's having a hard time doing it now. And that's why I think, I don't know what's going through Craig's mind or Schmetz's mind, to be honest, I'm in those conversations. But I'm thinking regardless of making the playoffs or missing it, whatever happens, they have to be thinking of, look, some really tough decisions and we kind of hit the reset button and think about the next five years and start prioritizing other guys thank the guys you've got us this far. Is that fair or is it too short-term thinking? No, I think it's absolutely fair. I think with the amount of games that are now yeah. on the docket every single year, you're going to have to start making some hard decisions. Um, I talked with Ilya after the game last night. He said that they will hit 36 games by the time the mid midpoint of the season. So they have, and I talked to Thorington before the game for them. They said they could hit 57 games this year. Uh, in a shorter window than anywhere else. So with the amount of games, you can't, you, you can't just rely on, you know, your, your core group of players. You got to go out and, and you got to find some youngsters. I mean, LAFC has got the young uh, left-footed kid that came on last night. Uh, that's their academy kid as well. So we need some attacking prowess and some speed and some power and, um, someone to come on and really make a difference, not just a positional player, tactically minded, yeah, but someone yeah. that can make a difference uh, when, when all these guys start to pile up games. Um, yeah. And if the Sounders, I mean, 28 points right now, if everyone below them were to win, they shoot right back potentially into just the qualification playoff spot, just like that. Austin has a good result then things start to even out. And I mean, with nine teams, you know, potentially, right, you, you get the qualification spot at eight and nine. Um, I mean, you got to pick up results because yeah. going two and, two and 11 in the last, you know, 13 games of the season is you're, you're not going to make the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. And I mean, we talk about all the time, you know, in football, you always, you always get a chance to make it right. And for the Sounders, that's coming up really soon with Orlando. And it's getting harder and harder to really gauge this East Coast teams because we don't see them enough. This this Eastern Conference, we don't see enough. Orlando looking at their standings, I mean, you know, seven wins, six draws, five defeats, 25 goals scored, 22 conceded, pretty straight across the board. But they're you know, on 27 points, which is good for seventh in the East. And the Sounders on 28th and they're third in the West. So the East... Probably have the best team in the league in Cincinnati right now. And then Nashville's very close to them as well. New England's really good again. Philly, we know how good they are. So there's it's a strong conference they're competing in and they're in a playoff spot right now. Um, we will see what they come with. But if you focus on the Sounders, lineup-wise now, Schmetz, he's not typical a guy who will go, you know, um, in short weeks like this, back-to-back -back with the same strong lineup or so. What, in terms of changes, I mean, you have to win. 
he can't he doesn't have the luxury to say okay jp take a day off he can't like he has to win he, i mean i spoke to schmetz full disclosure a couple of weeks ago and there was something going on he said to me steve look i'm i can't think of anything right now i gotta get results like i'm yeah. just thinking oh like there's nothing i can't commit to anything or do anything i'm only thinking of results and they lost last night have to win on the weekend have to win it's a home game you need to get the mojo back his hands are kind of tied a tiny bit with lineup because you know you can say okay you plug in this young guy that young guy but you're right Brad. it's like all respect to those guys they're not guys we're looking at di as difference makers right now they're coming on and keeping the machine going and plugging in but they're not coming in to win you a game or to be the difference maker so what can we possibly reasonably expect in terms of a lineup i mean maybe nico can be on the bench but we're judging by his reaction how would he react to being completely left out i don't know um raul probably has to play again how risky is that jp so it's not a good situation, but in terms of a lineup, if you're in his shoes, I mean, you just roll out the strongest guys as much as you can and just say, run until you can't, then I'll take you out. Yeah, it, it's a point where it, this is a must-win game, and that's why Nico came off, JP came off, and you're just trying to maybe get a point with 10, 15 minutes left at LAFC. And so now it's, it's a matter of just getting the job done at home, whatever it takes. you got to be absolutely flying. Um, there's no excuse. Orlando's coming all the way across the country. Uh, it's the same thing as Orlando's thought process. Like, I'm, I'm going yeah. to put it on the Sounders if they're going to come all the way down here. And, you know, they, they played last night too. 2-2 yeah. draw. So they'll be kind of reeling from that one, thinking that they let one slip. Um, that goal from Philly was yeah, got to be goal of the season okay. easily. Nine. I, 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 I want to talk about that because you had Zellerian and then we had, I think, the Salt Lake players or guys just shooting from their own half. I mean, I've never seen this before. Just like yeah. unbelievable calls. But yeah, that's a good but, job. But the technique from that yeah, one yeah. last night from behind was just unbelievable. So, yeah. you know, the, yeah, it's a, it's a must-win game. You got two home games in a row. <clears throat> you'll face Orlando City and then you'll face Houston. Yeah. And if you can get six points there, then you're kind of off and running and, and you put a little bit of a Band-Aid on, on the situation. But Schmetz right now... I don't think they're training today. I think it's a day off and just, hey, get your minds right because Friday we're going to come in. We're going to watch some video, get a little runabout, and then Saturday you better yeah. you better win this game. Uh, heads, heads are going to roll if, if they don't. It's going to be uh, an interesting one. And it's as a head coach, you know, you're sitting in, in the house right now like thinking, what, what if we don't win this game? Yeah. Like what, yeah. where am I at? Where am I at if we don't win this game against Orlando at home two if we go two wins in 12 games it's it's well it's you know yeah it's not good enough right now yeah for, for the whole group so um yeah that's a tough one it speaks to how competitive mls has gotten i mean it used to be right like houston orlando we're about to play those two teams oh great awesome we'll just like turn it around and right. it's home too amazing now it's like houston's beating lafc like there's yeah. there's very few games where you can just be like all right well this is a given we'll get three points out of this one I mean, it, it the com the competition has just gotten to another level. No, it's a great. Also, point. the stadium experience at LAFC yeah. never been there before. I know all fans are not going to enjoy hearing this, but it was pretty cool. That's it was like cool. Yeah, I was there once in the, the when the playoff game, the big win, one of the biggest wins in club history. I mean, it's unbelievable. Like it, they, I mean, it's it is what it is. It's really unbelievable, which is good for the league. But that's a good point, Keely, because I think you know coupled with how competitive the league has got and the Sounders' home form hasn't been good for two years. Like, we're dropping games at home. That's that's probably been the weirdest thing for me, where it was always a fortress. No matter, even during bad years or down years, coming to win at Quest, or CenturyLink, or Lumen Field, you had to really work for it. And it seems like, you know, some 
teams that are in bad form. It's not bad teams, but teams that are even in bad form. I think of Kansas, um, San Jose when they came, I think, as well. And they're just picking up points. And it's just like, it, without doing much. And that's been very confusing. So, yeah, this Orlando game is not a given. I would always back the Sounders at home, on paper, chance to bounce back. A team with a core group of guys who've won two MLS Cups, won the Champions League. I mean, it's a group of winners or a coach who's led them through this. But with the home form, how it's been the past couple of seasons with just the current form, you know, only a couple of wins in over 10 games or so, um, it's a bit concerning. I mean, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. I think you guys are right. I think um, he has to go with a strong lineup. I think, you, 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 you know, you give a day off. Maybe someone like Nico, JP doesn't even, maybe they just ride a bike tomorrow, exercise bike. Maybe they jog on the side, something really basic. And no, you're not going to gain anything more from training now. Maybe you watch some film and, you know, you talk about it, but you don't need to do anything on the pitch. And then you come out Saturday evening and you you have to win. You have to win. And it's one of those where, I remember, if you remember, I don't know if you remember, Brad, you remember, I think, I think you assisted me in this game and we were in a really bad stretch. And we came out, we played New England, like in round, around this time of year, this is 2010, I'm going back. Yeah. And Leo, Leo Gonzalez scores an absolute banger and the place just erupts. And we were down at the point. And then I score a goal that I will never score again in my career. Like this, that's going over the stadium, you know? And then and Noonan like, was playing. I remember like, it was just like, everything finally went right for us, but it started with like Leo Gonzalez, a left back who never shoots or scores, scoring a ridiculous goal and the place was lifted. And I feel like Saturday will need something like that. Like, you know, like the goal Raul scored in Charlotte. Something like that, a special moment to just get every play the anxiety a bit and then just play. Because if you start and it's 15 minutes gone, 20 minutes gone, we're not getting shots on target. Orlando has a couple of breakaways. The anxious, it starts to seep in through the crowd, through the culture, through the players, and it goes onto the pitch. You feel it. And I just, it's unthinkable for me to think of anything less than three points. Not even a point at this point. You want to, with 15 games, you have X amount of home games left you have to win every home game pretty much. Maybe you can drop one or two more, maybe because the road form gives me no comfort. We've been poor away from home as well. So this game becomes a massive game. It just is. So we'll see. We'll be there on Saturday. Um, and hopefully you all will be too. But if you're not, um, Keely, you have the broadcast info. Yes, I do. We are on 93.3 FM for radio. And once again, if you are watching on Apple TV, which is where you will be watching, because um, we are on Apple TV, you can use the drop-down option to listen to Danny Jackson and Steve Zakwani, who will be on the call, and Michelle Letka on sideline. And it's an extra special match, obviously, because it's the annual Pride match. So oh, any yeah. concern, I, I think it's going to be rocking in there. Um, Pride match is always one of the best ones of the year. Check out the website. We have a bunch of cool activations going on. So it, it's going to be really cool. Really cool. Amazing. And yeah, and it's, it's evening at 7.30? Yeah, 7.30, 7.39 kickoff. Kevin Egan will be on for um, Apple TV, and I'm just... That, that guy, is, he's, he's a friend of mine. He's a legend. He's at the WWE I'm, I'm going to fan girl out. I have yeah, to meet Kevin. him. I yeah, have to meet him, and I have to... My favorite, <laughs> one of my favorite calls ever is when there was the streaker during that 49er game, and he's doing the play-by-play of it. Yeah. He is... No, Truly he's a legend. Yeah, great, great guy. So yeah, I know I see him doing the wrestling and stuff. So that'd be good having him there. Uh, must win game for the Sounders. And we do want to say before we go, so congrats to the Reigns. I think they had five players called into the yep. World Cup squad for the Women's World Cup, which is coming up in about a month in New Zealand. Month, yeah. So yeah, I mean, that, that US team is stacked, man. I mean, they are stacked. So it'll be good to watch, but congrats to the five um, Reign players who made the squad really, really good for them. And we'll see. So we'll be here next week again, hopefully, 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 recapping the Sounders' victory and looking forward um, to a game against the Houston Dynamo. As always, you know, like, comment, subscribe, wherever you get your podcast. We appreciate the listening. And let's turn this thing around. We'll be back next week. This has been Side by Side.